This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the uh, University of Utah School of Medicine. Uh, this is the first of a series of podcasts on uh, bites and stings uh, and envenomation uh, in the back uh, country. And so uh, today, specifically, we're going to focus on uh, general management and then on on uh, bears and on snakes. Um, so, uh, of course, you would expect that in the back country, you would be more prone to uh, being bitten by uh, various animals or attacked uh, uh, by and uh, stung by various uh, insects that you otherwise wouldn't get back in um, on uh, at home, and that is absolutely true. The odds of you being uh, being attacked by a jellyfish or a Portuguese man of war in your living room is zero. Uh, for a uh, for a, a a viper, a rattlesnake to be in your living room is also uh, uh, slim. Although it turns out that many many bites are in, are from domestic animals. In fact, the majority of bites are from dogs and from cats. Um, uh, you also will see uh, uh, spiders and bees and, of course, mosquitoes biting uh, in, a, in an urban environment. So we're going to focus on the things that happen t- to us when we go in the back country. Um, and, and any bite uh, that you get uh, at home or uh, when you're out traveling, uh, the danger uh, really is uh, the disease that uh, that animal or insect uh, is carrying. By far, that is the, uh, the most worrisome thing. International travelers have to be very careful because of malaria uh, and other tick-borne and other mosquito-borne diseases. Uh, In many places of the world, you don't see those. Mosquitoes uh, won't carry any disease. Uh, In other places of the world, and in your own country, uh, they they will. Uh, So you have to be careful with that, is to make sure that you are aware that if you are bitten by or stung by an insect or bitten by a mosquito or an animal, that you're not... Uh, now being infected with the disease they were carrying. This would include rabies, which is a huge concern worldwide by animals. In, the, in, in countries such as the United States, Canada, and Europe, the, the biggest concern uh, for animals, I mean, the biggest carrier of rabies uh, is uh, the raccoon, and the biggest transmitter is the bat. But worldwide, the biggest carrier of rabies is an animal, of, of animals is the dog, and the biggest transmitter of rabies is the dog. So uh, you have to be uh, very careful of that. And I just should point out right now that if you are bitten by an animal and your concern for rabies is there, and it needs to be there, uh, is you should call in the United States. The CDC has a 24-hour uh, helpline <clears throat> that can help you to determine uh, you know, the course of action that you should follow. And we'll have another discussion on rabies uh, in a whole other podcast. Uh, but uh, just know that wild animals are the uh, big uh, things that attack. And wild animals are around the world. And uh, animals that appear to be domesticated, such as some dogs, can become wild. Uh, and so those are the ones that really attack. Well, let's focus on bears for just a minute. Um, because uh, bears are, are ubiquitous. They're just all over the place. And they're beautiful creatures, and uh, but they can be very dangerous and deadly. Um, uh, you can uh, in tax in taxonomy, you can go a number of ways to to talk about bears. There are, uh, a lot of the, a lot of taxonomy says that there are eight species of bears uh, out there, 
and uh, they, they are habitants throughout northern and uh, the southern hemisphere. Their uh, bears are found on the continents of North America, South America, Europe, Asia. Uh, without question, the polar bear is the most, car uh, most carnivorous of all bears, where the panda bear feeds on bamboo, of all things. So um, the other six species of bears are omnivorous uh, with varied diets. They'll uh, generally eat things other than meat, but they can and uh, depends upon the species and where they're at. So when you travel, you should know about the species of bear. Uh, some years ago, we were on the northern polar ice cap. We were actually looking for polar bear, but we had to be careful because we knew that if a polar bear saw us and was with range, they would just come after us to eat us. There, wasn't, there wouldn't be any games or trying to fight. They'd just kill us and eat us. So uh, we, uh, we did see polar bear on the northern polar ice cap. It was a beautiful experience. They're actually golden in color rather than white. Uh, and we were safe and were able just to, to see them. But you have to be careful with that. In North America, the big bears uh, are the brown bears and uh, the American black bears and the polar bears. Those are the three. The brown bears are usually categorized into the grizzly and the Kodiak, then the American black bear, and then the polar bears. Bears can run really fast. Uh, it, they have been clocked up to over 40 miles an hour, and they can be huge. The little ones are uh, 140 pounds, which is a small human, up to you know 14 or 1500 pounds, which is just enormous, and they can still run 40 miles an hour. They they hear very well and they sm smell very well, so uh, 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 is equal. Uh, their sight is equal to maybe a little bit less accurate that of a human, but their smell and their hear is just really uh, 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 prodigious. Um, uh, uh, bears uh, don't like to be scared, especially brown bears. And if they are scared, they will. Uh, uh, and if they are, if they're protecting their young or their food, they'll attack and uh, kill just based on that. So one of the best things you can do when going anywhere where you know there are bears is to make some noise so you don't startle any bear. Uh, clickers are really good. Uh, uh, some years ago, we were hiking on the lower uh, levels of Denali, and it, up there there was just grizzlies everywhere. So that was a little concerning to us, and so we, we actually purchased bear clickers, and we would just sit and, as we hiked, would click them so that the bears know. They're pretty loud, so that they, know, they would know we were coming. The problem with that is if you get by a glacial runoff stream or any stream, then the bears may not hear the clickers, and, and you can't hear or see the bears. <clears throat> and then you go around a, uh, a corner, and then you uh, will see a bear, and they'll be startled. So you have to be careful with that one. What you do have to uh, carry is, uh, is uh, pe uh, pepper spray or uh, bear spray. Uh, this is a, an absolute must, and it's extremely effective. The recommendation now is that you carry uh, the, the bear spray and don't carry a gun. A gun well, could wound a bear or miss a bear and without killing it and just make it pissed off and all the more angry. So the pepper spray is very effective. It is capsaicin powder, and it, uh, the bears breathe it in. Uh, as they're charging or standing by you, and it is powerfully irritating to bears. They will stop their charge in dead track. It only works, of course, you know, when they're relatively close. The wind can carry it far, uh, farther, but it's only good for about 30 or 40 feet, and they have to, it has to be aerosolized into their lungs. So uh, bear spray is extremely important, and if you live in a country where there, uh, or in an area where there's known to be uh, grizzlies and bears that attack, you need to carry that on you, even if you're in an urban setting, because bear, bears will urbanize. Uh, in uh, the cities around Yellowstone National Park in the United States, bears are everywhere, and they'll urbanize into those areas. And so the inhabitants of those cities 
will usually carry the pepper spray or the bear spray. So uh, <clears throat> given those three, brown bear, the black bear, and the uh, polar bear, the, the way to uh, uh, be careful is to avoid them. Make sound, carry pepper spray, and know how to use it. Um, that becomes uh, just incredibly Im important in the management of bears. But should you be uh, a, a encounter a bear, there are some things you can do. First of all, with uh, polar bears, uh, just be they. There's not really much you can do if they see you. They really will attack, and because they're just so hungry. But if you come across a brown bear, which is a Kodiak or a grizzly bear, the idea is that. Generally speaking, they will be defending themselves. They'll attack you because they're defending their uh, young or themselves or food, or uh, um, and they're coming to kill you uh, t uh, just to protect themselves. They're not going to eat you. Having said that, the general guidelines for a brown bear is not to look directly in a brown bear's eyes, as it might be interpreted as a sign of aggression, but and don't make any sudden movements and don't run. They'll outrun you. And don't be aggressive towards the bear. However, you should stand your ground and, and uh, uh, make noise, but uh, be submissive. Um, and this all happens r rather quickly, and people uh, necessarily don't think this. And if you go on to YouTube or other online sources, you'll see a lot of uh, bears attacking people, and you can kind of get an idea what they did. Uh, if you are attacked, getting into the fetal position really does work. Uh, there's a lot of stories in the literature. A lot of people have been attacked by grizzlies and have gotten in the fetal position and survived uh, just because they thought the bear thought that they were dead. Um, so remember those things. Now, the, the, in contrast to that is the black bear. If a black bear begins to attack you or stalk you, they're probably just hungry and will, are trying to eat you. Generally, a black bear will stalk other animals or eat. Like they said, they're omnivorous, so they'll eat other things. But if they're after you, then they're probably trying to eat you. So at that point, you want to yell, be aggressive. Um, uh, usually a bear will flee at that. They're very timid to sounds, uh, uh, you know, from other animals or from humans. Um, if the black bear attacks, you should continue to fight and kick against the bear as much as possible. Uh, and uh, usually you can have some success at that. Uh, after any bear attack, and should the situation be unfortunate that you get into that, um, the... the uh, this uh, injury uh, is likely. And so all bear victims uh, should be uh, considered blunt trauma victims and candidates for uh, immediate uh, evacuation. Um, where there are bears, there are probably mountain lions. Mountain lions are also known as cougars, pumas, panthers, uh, catamounts. Uh, they're very large species native uh, to the Americas. Uh, the historic range of the mountain lion goes all the way from very far North America down to South America, and they're uh, becoming into contact with humans with increasing fre frequency as humans move closer to the mountains and to where uh, animals live. Generally speaking, uh, mountain lions are looking for deer to eat, and they hunt by stealth, so you rarely see them. You can see their tracks, and you can see their scat, uh, but they're around you. And these uh, They tend, tend to hunt at night uh, and in the evenings. But you might be doing a trail run or you might be backpacking and they'll see you long before uh, you see them. So um, they usually can be scared off by using aggressive behavior. Uh, um, and there's a lot of stories of uh, mountain bikers who are on mountain bikes and the cougars uh, tend to be uh, intimidated by that. If you put the bike between you and a mountain lion, they really don't know what to do with the bike. They, they, uh, uh, this is one reason why uh, when people go on safaris 
in Africa, they can be in open cars next to a pride of lion because even though the animals will sense the humans in the car, they don't know how to handle this big, huge machine between them. But uh, one thing you don't want to try and do is run away from a mountain lion because they will consider that an act of weakness and will chase you. They're very quick, much, much faster than humans. And if you have small children, pick them up and run with them if, uh, uh, and uh, 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 or rather hide them because mountain lions will preferentially attack smaller animals and children. If they attack, fight back, use anything available, rock sticks, bare fists. And there's a lot of stories where people have been attacked and hit the mountain lion and uh, will get them away. If you are in the area and you worry about mountain lions, carrying uh, a knife uh, would be useful. Pepper spray is probably not as useful, uh, but wouldn't hurt. But one of the things you want to do is make sure when you go into the backcountry, you know if there are mountain lions around, but be aware the mountain lions are very close to human populations uh, as it is. So I mean, you may not have to go too far in the backcountry to be around them. Well, let's move on to snakes as our last subject today. Um, uh, snakes, of course, are all around the world. Uh, for the purposes of uh, wilderness medicine and really uh, taxonomy in general, they'll generally divide snakes into three groups, the vipers, the round snakes, and the sea snakes. The vipers are the ones uh, that uh, tend to cause more problems uh, in the United States, North America, Canada, um, rather than the round snakes. Uh, sea snakes are, are always just deadly. So um, uh, let's talk about them uh, very uh, briefly. So... Uh, we'll start with uh, the uh, viper. The viper is extremely common in North America, uh, South America, and uh, all over the Americas, for that matter. Uh, these are the Crotolidae, uh, uh, which are the uh, uh, ones that have the triangular heads. You can always identify a viper stake viper by uh, its triangular head. It has uh, these cat-like pupils, but it has the pits in front of them which sense, uh, in the front of their heads, which sense heat. And so uh, as a consequence, they, they, their vision isn't good, but they sense the heat, and that's how they attack. Uh, good examples of the vipers are the cotton mouse, the rattlesnakes, the copperheads, the puff adder, and the gaboons. Um, uh, in the United States, Canada, Mexico, uh, it really is the rattlesnake, which is the viper that causes most of the problem. Uh, the round snake is uh, the elapidae, and they have the round heads. Uh, they're found all over the world. Uh, some of them are benign. In fact, most of them are tend, we say benign, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, these are the coral snake, and in, in Africa, the mambas and the krites, which are deadly. The sea snakes are a subclass of the elapidae, and they're found in the oceans. But, I, but what's curious is there, there are no uh, sea snakes in the Atlantic Ocean. There are just none. They exist on the west coast of Mexico and the Central Americas, not, not even on the west coast of South America because the, the water's too cold. And as a consequence, they don't go around Point Arenas uh, and come up in the Atlantic Ocean. And the same thing uh, on, in the Indian Ocean um, and the Pacific Ocean. They go to up in India, Malaysia, Australia, and on the east coast of Africa and Madagascar, but they don't go around Cape Horn to get into the Atlantic Ocean. So as deadly as sea snakes are, they are not found in the Atlantic Ocean, but they are prolific on the west coast of Central and South America, the east coast of Africa, Madagascar, and over in the, in the south uh, in, in Asia. So you have to be careful with those. Snakes are found everywhere on land except uh, the north and south poles. They are not found on the islands of New Zealand, 
and Hawaii does not have snakes. They had some, and they have rid, rid them of them. They weren't there naturally, and they were brought in, but they have subsequently been removed. So the poles, New Zealand and Hawaii, are really the only places where they're not. They are limited in number in Scandinavia and in Europe and in the Alps and places like that. And, and in those countries, people don't really know much about snakes because they're not seen. But in the United States, North America, and Mexico, they are prolific, and they can go to the tops of mountains. The timber rattler lives at very high altitudes, and they're very prolific uh, up there. Um, so uh, you need to know uh, when you go to a country uh, what snakes are there, which ones are deadly, which ones aren't, and you need to be prepared for it. So if you're uh, hiking in New Zealand, you don't worry about snakes. But if you're hiking in um, Thailand, you, you really need to, or in the United States, for that matter. Uh, ancient times, uh, uh, the snakes had legs, but they shed them as they uh, started to slither through the grasses. There are no plant-eating snakes. Now, that sounds like that may not be an important fact, but it is because they don't have teeth. The true reason for this is unknown, uh, but they don't have teeth. But it's important clinically because snakes have to swallow their prey whole, and then digest it using the juices in their mouth before it putrefies because that would kill a snake. And they get only about 24 hours to do that. So the, all snakes, whether, whether it's a sea snake, a round snake, or, or a, a viper, all have specialized salivary glands that produce saliva that dissolves animal and human tissue. That's how they digest their prey. So all snakes have this ability. So to say that some snakes are harmless is just simply not true. All snakes can do this. What happens is about uh, most snakes won't bite animals. They'll, they're not, and, and as a result, they are deemed to be benign. But be careful of the saliva. You know, what's happened is about 15% of snakes have taken the saliva worse and, is, and have determined and developed uh, venomous saliva that will kill their prey. And that is a true thing. So if you're not one of those snakes, you certainly are more benign than the 15% of snakes that will... Uh, uh, kill their uh, prey with their venom. Snake venom is extremely complex. It's a lot of enzymes that can dissolve both muscle and red blood tissue as it tries to dissolve food. So that's what happens when a snake bites a human or an animal is it just starts to dissolve the tissue. And if, um, this is a real problem. So uh, there are no statistics kept on snake bites, but it is estimated somewhere between one or two million snake bites kind of things happen around the, the, the world. They call them incidents. 50 to 100,000 bites result in fatalities worldwide. A lot of those are in India where uh, the, uh, they are farming out in the fields where uh, cobras live and they will bite the, the people out in the fields as they harvest because there's a lot of water where they live. Um, some snakes uh, aren't, will bite and th th there'll be no clinical presentation. There are so many snakes around the world that are horrible. Uh, it, 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 you can't really go through them all. Uh, but what we want you to know is to, to pick up on those uh, snakes, the black mamba, the Russell viper, the cobra, spitting cobras, uh, the Australian brown snake, the death adder are terrible. In the United States and Canada and Mexico, it's the pit viper, which is the rattlesnake, which is creating all the problems. The pit viper... Uh, is uh, a real uh, problem. And of the pit viper, it is the rattlesnake which uh, does 80% um, of the biting. Uh, the, the, the viper venom uh, is uh, pretty nasty. It, it can kill uh, people, although deaths are rare by uh, comparison. 
they can die, and you can't assume that because you were bit that you're not. I mean, people do buy a, a die of venom bites, but what determines is the age of the snake, the location, the depth, the emotional state of the snake, uh, uh, and so on. But um, uh, these are powerful bites, and they're very painful because the minute they uh, bite, they start to dissolve tissue. So everybody with a snake bite needs to be evacuated immediately uh, with a, a triangular head. Those are the viper bites. Take a picture if you can, but you need to get to a hospital. You, unless there is no break in the skin, you have to assume that the person who is bitten uh, is now envenomated. They need uh, anti-venom. Anti-venom is effective uh, and uh, needs to be administered. The sooner the better, but it can be given at almost at any time. You want to avoid tourniquets and pressure dressings for most uh, uh, um, fiber bites. There are exceptions to those, snakes in uh, Malaysia, Southeast, in Australia. Uh, in those areas, it's been shown that uh, tourniquets are useful. But in the United States, Canada, North America, Mexico, fiber bites, you do not put anything on them. You do not shock them with electricity. You do not use tourniquets. You do not use ice. You just evacuate. You walk them out. You don't need slings. You don't cut them with a, a knife and suck the venom into your own mouth, although that's what people used to teach, of all things. Um, you just have to get snake bite victims uh, back to a hospital. The round snakes bite all over the world, and you have to know where you're at to know which uh, venom uh, to use. But again, if a round snake has uh, bit bitten uh, uh, you or uh, someone in your group, you really have just simply got to get them to... Uh, help. In the United States, the coral snake is the only one that bites. Uh, it's not a painful bite. There's no an, uh, uh, anti-venom for it, but it can be uh, uh, that, uh, that it's useful. But they, uh, they can still create a lot of problems. But the mambas and the krites have anti-venom, and they're very deadly. So if you're in other countries, you need to know which uh, uh, snake you were bitten by and to know the appropriate treatment. Uh, one of the great uh, problems that we've encountered were these extractor devices. They don't work. Don't buy them. It's ridiculous. They're not recommended. So don't use pressure dressings. Don't shock the area with electricity. Local uh, application device is contraindicated. Don't attempt to catch or kill the offending snake, although people try to do that. Don't use aspirin. Don't cut and suck the venom out. Don't put a tourniquet on, generally speaking. Those are the general rules. Uh, of snake bites, the people that tend to buy, get bitten by snakes are drunk guys in the desert who see a snake and want to go pick it up. Sometimes people pick them up for religious reasons, uh, uh, that if they have a belief, then they won't be bitten or be harmed by the venom. Just be aware of the three snakes uh, that bite, the uh, sea snake, the, the, um, uh, the coral, or rather the round snake, and then the vipers. Know the snake in the area and know the treatment. Uh, but remember, uh, prevention is the, is the best. And the one I think about rattlesnakes is they do rattle and let you know that they're about to bite. Well, this ends this podcast. There's more on bites and stings and other ones. I uh, hope this was useful. Again, thank you for listening. <laughs>